Welcome, everyone, to episode 369 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Val. So today's topic is going to be about gaming and education. So my wife, uh, for those of you that, that don't know, but I've, I've talked about it before, but my wife is in, she's in education. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a teacher for a lot of years, and now she's in, in mm-hmm. administration yep. in a school district. And this is something that's that's near and dear to our hearts because of her being in education and growing up playing video games all the time and me just yeah. playing video games all the time and now our kids have gotten into playing video games all the time so yeah. uh yeah it's a it's a it's definitely a a topic we talk about regularly mm-hmm. um so that's yeah. going to be our main topic i've been wanting to do this episode for a while now figured this week was a good 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 time to do it so yeah uh will do you have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode i can mention why i only played a little bit of we happy few this week okay um, we had we had mentioned maybe doing that for this week, but we didn't. Obviously. Hint, it wasn't very good. Oh, okay, I've heard that. <laughs> I know it's um, been a while since you played it, too. Yeah, it, I played it when it first went early access, and then I played it again recently. Uh, I'll save my, my opinions of it, but that I'll try, probably very briefly talk about Dragon Ball Z Kai. I like kind of updating uh what i think of that because i know we have some fans who prefer dragon ball z kai over the the original series so i'll be talking about that um more octopath traveler that's that's it i gotta get back to hollow knight as well yeah um i i'm gonna very briefly touch on monster hunter world because we are gonna do that for next week's episode i played a few hours so i can talk about my my very brief first impressions of it um, I do believe Corey's going to be on next week for the episode too, so because I know he's played a decent amount of it, uh, so that will be that'll be. So yeah, I'm just going to touch on a few things that I noticed right off the bat. Uh, also, before we get started, I did want to apologize for the quality of last week's episode. Uh, we have been having a lot of trouble with our internet. I made some tweaks to hopefully fix it. That was uh, that was that was why it was it was a Skype connection issue, uh, and the recording computer that I have over here is. A separate Skype call, so we're running two Skype calls, and then the stream. Uh, it was just too much for our internet to handle, despite it being 2018. I I don't I get it. Say, I think um, a lot of televisions in our house were running at that time. <laughs> well, too. yeah, yeah, we have uh, so, you know Zach Scott games on probably two, 24, maybe three different televisions, 24 <laughs> seven, uh, all at the same time, and and various devices. So, yes. uh, but it makes some tweaks. I actually took our repeater out that we had, and I. Ran a cable across the floor from my desktop to uh, downstairs where the, well, the router's in, like, the basement hall type of thing, so. Yeah. There's a big piece of huge yeah. blue tape in the middle of our floor. Yep, for now. I'm going to I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. run it, th- either run it through the floor or maybe throw a carpet through the hallway there and so we don't yeah. notice that. Um, but it, we'll it, so. that should should help. I also changed the DNS settings um, for so it's a Google DNS, and that actually made a significant improvement in our in the the, the speed and responsiveness of our internet. Um, 
So if anyone has Spectrum Internet and is having trouble with it, it still goes out occasionally, not nearly as much as it did. Uh, I think it dropped for a little bit this morning, but it used to be two or three times a day. It would drop out completely. I know, I, I know, Will, you're probably still having that trouble. Always. I reset it three times today. Yeah. Um, so that it's it's probably only dropped out twice since then. So hopefully we're, we're good to go here. Um, yeah. But let's get into the main topic. So, uh, yeah, gaming and, or education and gaming, gaming and education. Um, so I wanted to, it's, it's at least from, from what we've heard, it's had a bad rap in education uh i know at least early on in your education training like video games were railed upon but it's yeah. i feel like things have changed since you've been doing your both both your postgraduate and then your your doctorate work mm-hmm. uh the the perceptions kind of changed so i wanted to just talk about that from like the both the teacher's perspective and then like the higher uh administration perspective mm-hmm. sure um So I think definitely when I started um, my teaching career, I mean, back in 2006 Mm -hmm. um, was when I, you know, finished my my undergrad degree in um, elementary education. Um, I think back then it was very much frowned upon. And um, I know being a teacher for eight and a half years in a school district, um, it was constantly, you know, all of the teachers were like, you know, they're just going home and playing video games and they're not going outside. And I think that was the biggest argument that video game time was taking away from the kids opportunity to go outside. Um, to that, I've always said that times have changed. And when these teachers were kids, they could f- safely go outside um, and say. play. And um, unfortunately, you know, I worked in a really high need school district, but I think it's the case across the board. Like you can't just let your kids go outside and play by themselves anymore. Not even in your own yard. Not I've even had in the, your own yard. I had the cops yeah. show up to our house because one of the neighbor, the neighbors across the street were mm-hmm. letting their kids play outside yeah. unsupervised. And someone thought it was mm-hmm. our house. I don't know if they got the address mixed up, but yeah, yeah they were just playing out in their own yard because I saw them. Mm-hmm. But there was just no parent around. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that is a that is a huge issue. Yeah. So I think, you know, that was always the argument. But like I said, my response to that, especially working in the district where I worked, where it was literally not safe yeah, for the it's kids dangerous. to even go outside with a parent, let alone by themselves. You know, um, it's a form of social interaction. It's keeping them out of trouble. And, you know, it's it's something for them to do. And I think, you know, when I started my career, that was my argument. I think mm. my argument has developed a little more yeah. over time. Um I think that, so I went to a training actually last, uh, in the last couple of weeks now that I'm in my new position and they were talking about blockbuster and how you don't want to be the blockbuster of education. Like you don't want to be the old artifact, you know, in education. Um, but there's always kind of this running joke that isn't actually very funny that education is always behind the times, like by 10 years (laughs) at least, um, So I feel like just now it's starting to creep in that maybe video games have got something going on here when we've all known all along that video games have something going on here. Um, So, I mean, do you want me to get into that? Yeah. Well, we could talk about how the the perceptions kind of changed. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Within the last like four or five years, probably. Yes, very much. I mean, I know there's been been like uh, people who have kind of been championing this stuff earlier um but yeah yeah but it's it's kind of taken taken root 
Yeah, I think it's it's people with common sense in education to realize that like this is the world we live in now and gaming's going to happen. Yeah, well that's just that's that was going to be my my thought too. It's it's almost unrealistic yeah. for uh, a t- an educator to to assume that the kids are going to go home and play and be interacted with their, by their parents. Uh, you know, a lot of kids go home that. and are alone for a while until their parents get home from work or what, you know, whatever the situation mm-hmm. is uh, so that, you know, they, they play video games. And like you said, that keeps them out of trouble. Yep. Um, you know, so. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to ask you this, Val, because mm-hmm. as somebody who grew up with video games, it kind of blows my mind that people think that it's a negative because video games contain tons of other pieces of media in it. Uh, I've always Absolutely. said it's the high, it's the highest one of the highest forms of art because it has music, it has storytelling, like it has uh, interaction. Like you have mm-hmm. all of these elements into one thing, and it really helps with creativity. Art, artwork, yeah. There's artwork. Yeah, artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I put in here is how like they're still regarded by a lot of people as childish, uh, yeah, which nice. we know is is not the case. Uh, you know, for every like I, I know Fortnite is is kind of the big thing and the big target right now. Yes, it and it, totally it's 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 a, it's a silly game. Uh, you know, I'll give it that. But yep. there there is some benefits to it. Uh, but then there's games that have like really deep storylines. There's games that are like super hard puzzle games. Mm-hmm. There's any kind of any they, they run the gamut of of things you know that you want to do in a video game. And I just yeah. I, I feel like that gets glossed over. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I mean to that. So I can say, um, you know there's always buzzwords in education and right now it's 21st century skills and college and career readiness. Mm -hmm. Like those are the big things, but under those buzzwords are, you know, the subcategories. And one of the big things is critical thinkers and problem solvers. And to me, you cannot. So to explain that a little bit more, it's basically, you know, giving students a problem and you want them to be able to use multiple ways or multiple strategies or a unique way to them to solve a problem collaborative i mean you know there's a big push for collaboration of course too but individuals as well so you want them to get to an answer that you want them to solve a a problem and i can't think of a better way for them to practice solving problems than in a video game (laughs) because you know i i think of like watching our kids play breath of the wild and the stuff that i have seen our son do and even our daughter like our daughter is four yeah and the stuff she, you know, she, she's not afraid. They're not afraid to take risks. That's another big thing right now in education is we want risk takers. We want thing, kids who are going to try something new. Well, they're trying something new. It's in video games and we have to accept that. Like it's okay. And, you know, I get the whole, they're sitting and they're not active. And I, I totally get that because I, you know, want people to be healthy and active. We try, we we're, we try to be healthy and active, but you know, you can't do that all the time. Yeah. And Video games is a place to do the problem solving and the critical thinking and all of those things that everyone in education wants right now. Yeah. Well, when you when you look at two kids like trying to be active and that sort of thing, that a lot of this is stuff they pick up from their parents. So mm-hmm. if their parents aren't doing, because you need a healthy balance of being, you know, playing and then playing, mm-hmm. you know, being able to play video games. It's Absolutely. like with anything, you can't have way too much of one or the other. But I think a lot mm-hmm. of kids pick up from their parents, like your children have picked up, you know, playing video games because you guys have played video games, stuff like that. Uh, I feel like with a lot of parents, they're just very lazy and don't aren't active with their kids. Yeah, it's you know I think too. Um, 
I think video games take a lot of blame for mm-hmm. some issues that arise in education, such as parenting lack thereof. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, it's like you, you can't blame a person. So you blame a video, you know, you blame the video games. But that's just kind of a secondary oh. thing to what, you know, to what actually might be happening. Yeah. Um, Because it's so true. I mean, you know, with us, like, they see us play games, and that's great, and they enjoy them. But, you know, they see us work out, too. And, like, we do that, too. So it's just, it's finding a balance. It's not like we're like, okay, everybody, let's sit down and get our controllers and play for the next seven hours. You know, it's not like that. We do other things. Just because we're a gaming family doesn't mean it's all we do. (laughs) Uh, I feel like people just think because you're a gaming family, it would Mm -hmm. be all the time. Like, people, for whatever reason, don't see the the gray they're always like it's either yeah. black or white you know yeah, yeah. exactly uh, that's yeah. in everything <laughs> yeah. unfortunately yeah yeah you know I, like i don't play nearly as many games as i would like to uh but you know i i play when i can and another thing that that i think a lot of people are missing is the family bonding time like we all Absolutely. play mario kart together which is a lot of fun mm-hmm. something the kids can have fun doing you know that mm-hmm. It's going to get to the point where they're not going to want to do stuff with us. But if we're playing their favorite video games with them, they're more likely right. to want to do stuff with them. Yeah. I think you were talking about uh, I'm listening to 31 Thoughts, Elliot Friedman, mm-hmm. and talking about Fortnite. He's like, I'm just probably going to end up learning how to play Fortnite yep. so I can I can spend time with my kids. Exactly. It was his, w- his way in, you yeah. know, and you think about like adolescents and teenagers and the last thing they want to do is hang out with their parents. But that's a way in, you know, that's a way to connect with kids. And I think in the classroom, that can be the same thing. Like I remember when I was teaching and I told my students, like I had played some video game, you could heard a pin drop in my room. They were like, you play video games. Like you're a teacher. How, how can you do that? And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. I, I use some of my free time to play video games and that's okay. It's who I am. And they were just like blown away by that. You know, it was just so uncommon for them to hear something like that coming from a teacher. So yeah, it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, one thing I, you talked about that I was really interested in, I have, I think I did mention this on the podcast months ago, uh, but the the person that talked about games and how they mm-hmm. open one up to learning. Yeah, um, so I believe it was James G. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are interested in the topic of gaming and education, James G is your go-to. He is the, the main researcher in this field right now. And it's G, just G-E-E is his last name. Um, yeah, you know, he talks about so many things with video games, about um, it opens you up to learning and it, you know, it um, it just gets you thinking about things in a different way that I think you know, in school, it's hard to capture sometimes that thinking because there's 22 kids in a classroom and, you know, you can't appeal to everyone's interests all the time. Whereas a video game, it's a choice, you know, you're choosing to explore this world. Um, so yeah. And, and James G talks about a ton. Do you want me to mention a few? Yeah. 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 Let's, we'll talk about some of the games that he mentioned specifically in his, in his research. Yeah. Um, civilization. Yeah. Which Um, I have going in the the video was a big one. Um, He talks a lot about history and that history can be learned through video games like civilization, Um, you know, tactical things, again, critical thinking, um, thinking outside the box, you know, all of those things. Um, So he talked about that. He also really, really talks a lot about all of the, the game, like the online games that allow for social interaction again, referring to those kids that might not have the safest neighborhood to have social interactions, you know, 
I know like our kids are excited if like they see you play Mario Kart online and there's like someone from a different country. Yep. You know, it just it makes <laughs> whose butt think. I usually kick. Sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. But it just it makes you think about um, you know, different things. Like it just makes you think differently and it opens you up to learning and it's more appealing. Yeah. So one thing you talked about, you mentioned specifically, you mentioned uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty was uh, one. Mm-hmm. The the more historical ones being, uh, right. you know, y- you hear of of places and battles and stuff that they talk about in the game. Right. That when you're learning about that stuff in history mm-hmm. class, you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I know, I know, I know yeah. a little, yeah, exactly. And you have I know advantage. a little bit about this, and I, yeah, so exactly, that's exactly mm-hmm. right. You have that you have a little bit of an advantage over uh, the kids that are learning it for the first time because you played, right. you know, you familiar with like what was going on in the battle. Because a lot, you know, even a, like a Call of Duty will explain the battle a little bit, but mm-hmm. in, in like the intro or whatever, yeah. and what's happening and what some of the soldiers are going through. Obviously, it's not exact, but mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah, Civilization is another one, and yeah, it doesn't follow the the path of history, but you're talking about civilizations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your 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 Rome, your Greece, your uh, uh, the the you know the Zulus, right. uh, Aztecs, you know, all that stuff, as well as like leaders. Know from yep. those from mm-hmm. those places that you can pick to, to play as so you uh, learn that Gand- gandhi's a war aggressor <laughs> gandhi is very <laughs> aggressive and, and kind of a, kind of a dick in 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 the civilization games uh, yeah. he's a nuclear warmongering monster for, for, what, for whatever reason i don't know if they do that as a joke yeah, i was gonna say that's gotta be a joke I, right i think i think the developers did that as a joke to be honest yeah um I will say, though, uh, from Age of Empires 2, I, re- I remember this very vividly. I don't remember what grade it was. It was either third, I want to say. But we're learning about the Aztecs. And the teacher wrote uh, the capital on the board. And she asked if anybody could pronounce it. Uh, and because I had played Age of Empires and learned it was Tenochtitlan or whatever. Yep. Or yep. it was around that. I was able to pronounce it the closest. And she was very impressed. And I was like, I got that from Age of Empires 2. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, you always have to like say that's where I got it. You yep. know, give oh, games yeah. give games some credit. Give games some credit. Yeah. Yep. Because she's expecting nobody to come close to it, and then like or you I, have you have an older brother that coached you up on the topic or something. Yeah. Like that, you know? yeah. 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 Exactly. Nope. Yeah. It's from Age of Empires yep. two. Yep. So yeah, that that that's an example of that. You know, those type of games like actually really teaching you something in yeah, the classroom. Absolutely. Yeah. And. I, you know, I think there's so many other games out there that, like, I'm drawing a blank on all of them right now, of course, but... Um, that can teach you things. Yeah, I mean, games can teach you things, and I I just think, um, you know, I, I can get up on my soapbox and talk all day. Dan knows that, but, you know, I think if we aren't realistic about this in education, we can say we don't like what video games are and whatever as long as we want. Like, they have to come into play because they are kids reality it's it's you know it's it's, it's part of our culture it, at this it is point, you it's know? part of our, our culture and i mean isn't it a bigger industry than the movie industry yeah or it's a huge or, huge industry yeah i mean it, you know to just it, just turn your you know turn away from it because you don't like it or maybe you don't understand it you know maybe that's a lot of it too is there's just a misunderstanding of what video games are yeah you know because i think a lot of people probably think of just like mario and when you think of Mario, like you're just running around and jumping and squishing Goombas and yeah. whatever, you know, but there is so much more out there that I'm sure people have no, you know, no clue, no clue of the value that these games 
can really even, bring. Even more, you know, more so than Mario, but but games like Grand Theft Auto, the more more sinister type game, do often yeah. often called into question. You know? Right, and I think you know they'll grasp on like people will grasp on to the one negative part. You yeah. know, one the one or two like questionable games. You know, the problem there is a problem there because I had first graders playing Grand Theft Auto. Right, like that's not okay. Yeah. Like, we should know this, that that is not okay. <laughs> you know, but if it's Mario or Zelda or whatever, then, you know, you that's reasonable. But, yeah, yeah it's just, you know, being realistic. Yeah. And video games also, like, it's not just people sitting around being lazy, doing nothing. Like, a lot of the time, you know, you play competitive games. Like, me and my friends the other day, I think it was Monday, we all got together and played NHL against mm-hmm. each other and you know that like got the competitive edge going and like that it brings that side out of people too and like that's a lot of fun because you're getting that competition yeah uh, which is something you don't always get while you're not being stimulated while sitting in a classroom you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah i mean our halo turn all our old halo tournaments were classic oh <laughs> yeah you know, we would spend an entire weekend an was... entire weekend day and night playing halo for yeah. 48 hours or however long it was. Yep. I mean, when yeah. Smash, the new Smash Brothers comes out, I took the weekend off and I'm going up to Corey's to play it with yeah. him and whoever else. Like, that's that's what we're doing. Like, you know. Yeah. So. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, gamification. Yes. I'll let you handle that. I'm not yeah. totally clear on what that is. So Yeah. So um, I was really fortunate to, in my most recent doctorate class that I finished, um, we did a whole week on gamification and we had um, a guest speaker come in. He was a middle school social studies teacher, I believe. um, And he has put a lot of time and effort into gamifying his curriculum. So basically what that means is he's using, using a video game, like video games as a model for how he teaches. So he, um, you know, uses tokens, like token systems and, Um, If they get something right, he'll say, like, level up or, you know, the kids have levels that they go through in their learning. Um, It was so detailed. I was completely floored by how much effort he had put into it. But um, to go along with that, I was very fortunate. Um, We had a very well-known person in education, Dr. Thomas Gusky. He came to our region last week and I got to hear him speak. And he opened up um, with video games and I texted Dan immediately. I was like, here we go. We got a video game starter. Like it's he's he's hitting the ground running with video games. And I was like, where is this going? And Dan, of course, was like, good or bad, good or bad. Like, what's (laughs) happening? You know, what's going on there? Because this is a it was a leadership academy. So it was all the school leaders from our entire region. So um, he started by saying, you know, why are video games so popular? Like, I want you to think about that. Why why are our kids going home and playing video games? And then he broke down how a video game works. And it's and he his argument was it's exactly how teaching should be. You start them off with success. You know, right off the bat, you give them a little trial that's very achievable and you give them success. So they want to keep going and keep going. Um, he talked about scaffolding, which is just, you know, um, like it, it's very controlled and what you do and how you progress through the game is very controlled, but eventually like you become more independent over time. That's what scaffolding is. So it's, you know, it's that gradual, we call it gradual release of responsibility. So, you know, 
in games, you are, you know, you go through the tutorial phase and you're taught how to play the game and then you get to the point where you're successful on your own. And he talked a lot about how education should be mirroring that. And so does James G too about, you know, you have to help them find success, walk them through it, make sure they know how to do it, can be successful on their own and then you let them go. And then you have trials and you take risks because you felt success early. And that's key. So it was really exciting to hear someone like open his whole day with how we should really take, you know, take some advice from the gaming world and put it into our education. So that's the gamification of education. When I first heard it, I thought maybe it was just putting video games in classrooms, but it's a lot more than that. It's a very thought out process of making your instruction be a video game. It's a living, real video game. And it's a lot of work. (laughs) But it's really cool. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Corey, I mean, Corey had mentioned uh, before using, is it Life RPG, which is yeah. a similar idea in an app that you use to uh, sort of progress yourself, you know, by working on a skill or, you know, something that you want to accomplish and it gives you points and levels up. And, mm-hmm. and there's like a reward system built into it too. Mm-hmm. So if you reach a certain threshold or a level or whatever, you can reward yourself. Yeah. Um, obviously it takes some discipline to follow that, all that stuff, but oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I see the value there. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, one person I wanted to mention, I think we talked about her a long time ago is Jane McGonigal. This is not, too closely related but it, it i felt like it was a good time to bring her yeah, up and uh she she's kind of pushing uh using video games to solve real world problems so mm-hmm. um you know uh, she i watched one of her ted talks and she talked about how many hours uh gamers have spent playing things like uh world of warcraft uh, and how, you know, if you could harness just a fraction of that time to work on actual, like, real, you know, real world problems, uh, that would be a great way to great way to go, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. so her stuff is worth checking out. Uh, we have her book. Reality is broken. Yeah. Which I, I think you read, right? Or most well, of it. Unfortunately, it, school has made me not enjoy reading <laughs> as much as I used to. Um, so I have not read it, but I have skimmed it but it's it's been a while so okay yeah um let me to talk about games as a profession type yeah so stuff. uh one thing i i thought was interesting was uh and we were just talking about this recently but when we were in high school uh you know i was obviously into video games at that point um but for me like working as a video game developer wasn't really something you did whereas i feel like now uh more than ever like with how big game studios are nowadays and and the the huge push for uh indies uh creative indies to come out like game uh making games as a developer is is more attainable than ever especially now they're pushing like uh coding in schools uh, it's and then huge if right now. yeah it's it's it's, it's really huge. big and then anything like anything artistic that you do if you do um you know if you do graphic design or if you do uh you know any kind of artwork whatever mm-hmm. or music like you can use that to get a game a job in the games industry yeah. which we talked about earlier is a huge industry at yep. this point um, yeah so yeah i think um i can say you know from my work now i i'm fortunate to be an administration because I can I have a bigger view of what's going on in schools and um, you know I did say earlier you know like education's ten years behind 
but we are catching up. And I think, um, you know, I have seen students who have been able to do uh, YouTube videos as a final project or um, record a podcast as part of their learning experience. Or um, there's a big deal. Um, it's called, I believe it's called the Hour of Code. And it's um, a time in New York when all the kids like stop and they get on a computer and they do coding. Um, you know, I so I think, you know, I think that what what the problem is, I think right now is, especially where we are in, in New York State, there is so much policy around education and there's so many requirements of schools and teachers and kids. Um, and a lot of times those requirements don't necessarily match up with technology and like what's really happening. So to see and hear about teachers that are letting kids do YouTube videos to present a final project instead of a live presentation, um, letting kids animate things, you know, really getting into the technology, it's great. Like it's, uh, it's thinking outside the box, it's getting kids this real world exposure that they aren't necessarily always getting because of the policy and things that are in place right now. So it's exciting to see. I would kill for school to have taught me you know, video editing, making mm -hmm. YouTube videos, like yep. stuff like that. I would have Here, killed for that. Here's here's Absolutely. the thing, Will. We yeah. went to the wrong school for anything like that. I mean, I also went, it was almost 20 years ago now, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, we went to the wrong school for that. It's it's still that way to this day, so. It just sucks because, like, now that I'm getting into the form of, this form of media, doing podcasts, like, having to edit audio, clip things together, like, doing YouTube videos for people, like, stuff like that, like, I don't it's such a barrier for me because like, I just don't have the time now to be able to do that. Like if I had learned that at a younger age, like I would be proficient at it at this point. Yeah. I had yeah. to teach myself all of this yeah. stuff. And you know, I obviously I have a lot to learn still, Yeah, uh, but like you, it's, it's a time thing. You know, I kind yeah. of settle, I settle when it what into what works and what's comfortable and what's easy. Uh, so I, once I get to there, I don't really like progress at all. I just, I just kind of stagnate. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I think that's a big move in education right now is, you know, we're not alone in that we didn't get taught how to how to do this stuff, you know. Um, so I think that that's a really big focus. I know as a school administrator, that's something that I really would like to focus on is getting teachers more comfortable with technology and how they can use it with their students. Um, because when these, you know, we another big thing right now, a big topic is that, you know, the college and career ready, um, that kids are not leaving high school ready to, to succeed in college. Nope. Um, and so I think, you know, that's a big part of it is this technology, because, you know, if they're going into like an engineering program or almost any program now, like they have to know how to use all of these technologies that, you know, they might not have been exposed to. And that's a huge, that's like you said, it's a barrier. Like it's, um, so I think there's a lot of work to be done about technology. And the trouble is that technology moves so fast. Yeah. And by the time we get teachers trained in something, it's going to be the next thing, you know. They so, almost have to keep up on on your own without needing the school yeah, to disseminate right. what's, yeah. what's, what's yeah. up and up right now, you know. Yeah, it's hard because, like, I know, like, so in our region, we have some really, really great um, technology support in the region. Um, that's wonderful, but it's just getting it out there to everybody as quickly as we can. And it's hard, it's hard because when you have just a few experts spread across a ton of school districts, you know, that's a challenge. Um, and that's something I'm challenging myself, you know, is try to become more of an expert to, 
to help get this rolling, yeah. you know, get it moving. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up too, and we talked, we touched on a little bit is uh, also as far as professions go in gaming, uh, content creators, uh, I think, you know, not just the main, the big websites, your, you know, your GameStops, your IGNs, you know, they have, they all have content and stuff so that that's something you could go for, but also like doing your own thing, having your own podcast, having your own YouTube channel where you create con, you know, unique content or whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, our- a, that's a, a career, it's something you can do yourself in your, in your bedroom, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's all of, that's all our son wants to do. Yeah. And you know, like I really want to encourage him to do that, you know, but it's it's hard. You it, know? Was, it was funny because on uh, before it was b- before we ha- had kids, I read an article about how kids these days are going to be playing YouTube channel, whereas we would play like newscaster or weatherman or whatever. Uh, yeah. Kids nowadays oh, are it's playing so true. YouTube. Channel. Yeah. Yep. It's so and true. I actually, do. yeah, I actually heard a group of teachers say. I I wasn't in charge of the training, but I overheard a group of teachers say, what do you do when you have a class full of kids that all want to be YouTube stars? So it's it's happening like it's right now. And on top of that, like when you're a teacher, what do you do when you have a YouTube or an Instagram star like in your class? Well, like they have a career already. They're making more money than you are. They should be teaching you things. I got to see another speaker. I forgot about this one. Um, George Kuros. He's out of Edmonton, actually. Um, Yeah. He actually lives like 20 minutes from Allison. Crazy story. But anyway. Yeah. um, So uh, he. Oh, where was I going with this? Oh, he was talking about Ryan's toy review. Uh Ryan's toys review. So it's this kid. He just plays with toys and he has twin sisters. He is worth $11 million for playing with toys and posting videos. We've we've watched a lot of Ryan's Toy Review in our day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's, you know, like, this is our our culture right now. This is where we are. Like, think of um, Disney Collector, which we watched hours of years ago. She's worth... Is it like twenty? It's a lot. Twenty-one million, I think, is the last number I heard. Like, just she opens toys yeah, <laughs> and records yeah. on YouTube. That's so it's that's yeah. absurd. Yeah, so it's you know, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and then the last thing I wanted to mention, and then you can like, if you have anything you want to cover, we can we can cover it. Is that oh, uh, so <laughs> esports is 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 starting to be mm-hmm. like an official mm-hmm. college thing? I think it's only a matter of time before that filters down into high school. So uh, I can imagine the way it's going to go is a high school a school is going to have like a, a Dota club or a Overwatch club or what have you, and then that's going to turn into official, like you know, it'll be a high school sport. Yeah. For too long. It's actually already happening. Oh, yeah? I have read about it. Okay. Um, There are parents. I believe George Karos talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, He, I'm pretty sure he was saying that there are parents who are actually pushing for their kids to get college scholarships Mm -hmm. um, for that. Um, Yeah. And it's very much reality. Well, the the whole story, was it last week that that this this came into, uh, into the modern you know it, it became people became aware of it is that parents were getting their kids Fortnite coaches yeah oh yeah it's uh, very real which everyone's like oh my god that's ridiculous but i'm like you know what if your kid plays a lot of Fortnite, and you're a parent that wants your kid to be good at whatever they're doing 
then you would hire embrace a Fortnite it. coach. Embrace it, yeah, because they can make something out of that, you know? What, are these parents just, like, house ninja for a couple of weeks and then... <laughs> I don't know how it works exactly, but... He teaches? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, know. But... I don't know who these Fortnite coaches are, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was, that was interesting. Eric Homa. Yeah. He's our resident Fortnite expert. <laughs> yeah. Found a, found a new career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like... Um... Being in education right now, I feel like I need to play Fortnite. Um, you know, I don't always necessarily work directly with kids, but I'm housed in a middle school. And if I don't know Fortnite lingo and everything, like, I, I need to know that. And because that's you, what If kids you are ever doing. told a middle schooler that you play Fortnite, they would poop themselves. Oh, they totally would. They totally would. Um, yeah, so, you yeah, know. So you, got a, so you got a dub last night in Fortnite. Okay, sounds good. I won't know anything past that, but dub is just like no, a I w. really should. A win. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally should. You know, because it's fork it's knife. Just it's real life. <laughs> you know, if I work with, I worked with first graders, and I've been out of the classroom for two years now, and even then, you know, kids talked video games. Yeah, so it's what they did. Well, I you they know. Did. Uh, to, you know, talking to our son about about games and the stuff that he, the games that he's heard about just from his friends in school. Game oh, Fortnite yeah. is one of them. Uh, Undertale was one. Surprisingly enough, he one mm-hmm. of his friends liked watching Undertale videos mm-hmm. on YouTube, and I was like, "You're seven. How yeah. do you know what Undertale is like that? That game just doesn't seem like it would appeal to a seven year old. But yeah, I mean, everyone has such different tastes. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's the whole. It's video game thing. like it's the whole progression of it you know yeah. it's that that success piece and that taking risks without consequence you know it's that whole it's their whole thing that they have going on yeah for sure mm-hmm. all right anything else you wanted to talk about real quick before um we move on to the next segment no i think um you know i think for parents out there that are listening um you know i think it's good to know like what your schools are doing with technology. That's something that I would recommend. And, you know, I think schools listen to their parents, you know, and if you are thinking, you know, that there's something missing or, you know, there's something, you know, technology wise, you know, just have your voice be heard and you don't have to, you know, raise a ruckus or anything. I'm not saying like go march down to your school board and give them a piece of your mind, but you know, I think it's good to know what your schools are doing with technology and, and gaming and, um, you know, just kind of have an idea of what, what your kids are doing and talk to them about it because it's, you know, it's real life stuff and it's good to see it coming into schools. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, well, let's get into a little bit. Are we, are you going to take off or are you going to stick around? It's, I, don't, I didn't have a plan. It's up to you if I'm you want to stick around or if you want to get it. the... Yeah. The monsters to bed. Yeah, I should probably get the monsters to bed. I don't <laughs> really have anything going on. Okay. My new job is like wicked busy, and that's pretty much all I do. So I do that. I fight with the kids. I work out and I go to bed. So yeah. <laughs> I have nothing to add. So so thanks for having me on. And yeah, thanks for yeah. joining Goodbye, us. Bye, everybody. Good job, Val. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, okay, so yeah, let's get into Noble Bits. Will, what do you got? So I was actually just talking before the podcast how 
there's just literally been nothing of interest uh, been going on recently in gaming. The only thing that piqued my interest, Dan, I don't know if you ended up tweeting. It was the Diablo news. Yeah, I did. Actually. You did tweet that? All right, so yep. I'll leave that one for you. No, you can talk about it. I got a couple others, so. Okay, so basically uh, Blizzard did confirm that Diablo 3 is going to be coming to the Switch later this year. 60 bucks, uh, 60 frames per second. Uh, it's going to have Reaper of Souls and the Rise of the Necromancer. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I will own it for the fourth time, fifth time. As well as exclusive content. Yeah, uh, isn't Ganondorf one of the outfits that you can... Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of them. I'm not sure what specifically. That's but, incredible. Yeah, it, it is really incredible. I can't wait for that. Yeah, so I own it on PC. I've owned it on Xbox. I've owned it on PS4, Xbox One, and now it'll be on Switch. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, that that's def- definitely an insta-buy for me. I will be getting that, no question. Yep. Uh, that's, yeah, that's really it for me on Nibble, but it's been pretty, pretty boring. Yeah, uh, Gamescom is coming up, I know, so I think, I think a lot of the stuff is being saved for that, which is why we haven't seen too many other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got a couple quick ones. It's that after a delay, Dark Souls Remastered, uh, is coming in October to the Nintendo Switch, so, uh, also with the Amiibo. The Amiibo's Ooh. part of that, so. Very cool. Uh, and then another interesting tidbit about the new Doom game. So Doom Eternal is going to allow invasion of other players' games, similar to the way Dark Souls or Demon Souls works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, uh, I guess, invade as, as a demon, invade with multiple other players, and uh, all attack the Space Marine, the main character in the game, which I thought was kind of cool. That is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, they also announced that that is also coming to the switch so people were a little bit surprised by that but there it Mm -hmm. is yeah so that's it for nibble bits short nibble bits segment this week will how was your week it's been good dan i've been sleeping a bunch uh playing some video games i guess i can start talking about dragon ball z kai uh i'm in the cell saga i just started the cell saga I want to say that, you know, there's things that I don't like about Kai, like some of the voice changes, like Gohan, uh, Android 18's voice actor changed too. So I'm not a fan of that, but I'll tell you what, Kai did the Frieza saga so good. Um, They cut out so much of the filler and the bullcrap that, like, it was just straight on Goku and Frieza fighting uh, during that section. It It was just really well done. I was impressed. Uh, and you could tell the animations were really touched up because the fighting is more crisp, more fluid. It's more uh, constant as opposed to how, like, very slow moving how early DBZ was, um, in my opinion. So uh-huh. I got to say, like, pe- people need to watch Kai. I think it's the best way for people who don't want to dive that deep into the series to watch it. So. Nice. Um, I will say I ruined one of my discs, and I'm not too happy about it for the Blu-ray because my PlayStation 4 is stupid. Um, yeah. This is why I watched it on my Xbox. For whatever reason, I kept ejecting the CD uh, or the Blu-ray, so I kept putting it back in. And a couple of the times, the the Blu-ray wouldn't go back in all the way; it wouldn't take. So I would just like kind of shove it in all the way, and then it would just like kind of like not slide into the disc tray. I eventually scratched that that disc up, so I had to oh, order the second 
the second set of four discs again off of eBay for like 11 bucks pre-owned. Uh, so I wasn't too happy about that. So um, that's that. Other than that, you know, played NHL and Smash Brothers the other day with some friends. That was a lot of fun. Uh, played a lot of Mario Tennis last last night, which was pretty fun. Um, most of that stuff's going to be in what we played. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm starting school in a week and a half. I'm really excited. I might be a bouncer at a bar. <laughs> uh, nice. So that might happen. I don't know. We'll find out. But yeah, so things are going well, Dan. How about you? Um, I don't have too much to talk about. I, I got attacked by bees this weekend. Did you? Yeah. So I was string trimming in our backyard. We've got a like a weed patch in front of our, our swing set. That was our, our raised bed garden uh, and all the wood rotted. So I just took it down and I would never ended up replacing it. I was supposed to dig out all that extra dirt and flatten it and level it so I could mow over it. But I, I just never did. Uh, I don't get outside much in our house because of all the all the kids that are hard to keep track of. So I just never got around to it. So it's a tall weed patch uh, and I was weed whacking it and I felt what felt like, uh, you know, a stone that was flung off the weed whacker right onto my shin. Uh, so I did, you know, I kept going for a second and then I saw a swarm of bees just <gasps> all around me. Um, luckily <sighs> I was all, I only ended up getting six stings. So I got <laughs> one on each arm and then two on each ankle. How bad uh, did it hurt? It hurt a lot more than I thought it would. Um, cause you know, you, you think about when you're a kid and you get stung by a bee and it's like the most painful thing in the world. Yeah. It wasn't that, but it like the stings hurt pretty bad for a brief second but then like for the rest of the day they burned like burned Mm -hmm. really badly um but like by that night they were almost gone and then the next morning like i still have them a little bit they're a little bit itchy but they they haven't hurt since since the first day it was sunday so how far did you run i ran fast i do not (laughs) be fast but i ran fast and i'm pretty sure like the neighbors were out on their deck so they must have been like what the heck so i had my wife text them to tell them to stay away from that spot because the bee i like i look i I looked out after i ran in the house and you know the bees were all obviously furious i was like don't you know don't go near there for a while i I dropped my string trimmer my string trimmer ran in the yard for a couple hours uh because i didn't want to go anywhere near it (laughs) be careful Oh, uh, that he's allergic. Yes, that's that's scary. I I didn't know. Actually, I'd only been stung once before. So I I was kind of on on red alert for a little while, but it, it, they went away on their own with no no problems. I didn't even swell up that much. That's which is good. That's crazy. I would be terrified if yeah. I saw that. So I've got I one of these days I've got to get over to the the hardware store and get some bee spray so I can I can kill them. You could do it with fire too, but I don't. I don't want to start a fire anywhere. Although it's it's done nothing but rain here for the past couple weeks, so it's not like we would. I would catch my yard on fire or anything. Yeah, you would just burn bees. Nothing else. Yeah. I mean, maybe some lumber, but. So that was fun. Um, I don't think I. Really, don't think I have anything else worth mentioning. Because, like I, I said, it's it just rained here. I don't know how you feel, Dan, but I'm actually pretty sick of the summertime. I'm never sick of summer. No. No. I don't like heat. I really don't. See, I do, but only because one of the things that my whole family likes to do is swim. True. That's All a good the point. kids and the dog. 
So that's one of the few things we can do like kind of easily as an entire six person and one dog unit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just when I was mowing that lawn today and I was just. <laughs> yeah, that's different. I wanted to kill everybody. I should uh, I should get a trailer and I'll bring over my riding lawnmower and do it with my riding lawnmower. It, it's just when you're in the the side yard with the tree uh, yeah. roots, it's just so frustrating. Yeah. And there's no yeah. auto drive, and I just want to throw the mower through the house. I hear you. Just, just so annoying. Okay, uh, that yeah, I don't really have anything else to talk about for my week. So, oh, the, there is one thing I did want to touch on briefly. There's a show coming out tomorrow on Netflix called Disenchantment that mm-hmm. I'm actually going to watch. Believe it or not. I what? don't watch things, so it's an animated series from the makers of The Simpsons and Futurama. So, oh wow, yeah, uh, it's about it's like a it's a fantasy setting. Um, so it's it looks really cool. Um, I'm actually excited to watch that. So I don't know if I'll watch it tomorrow or if it'll be you know an episode here and there, but I am actually going to watch something new. Nice, yeah. All right, let's get into what we played. Will, what'd you play? Um, what should I start with? Uh, have you played more Octopath Traveler? I did, yes. I played maybe another six or eight hours. So how how far did you... Because I finished one character's chapter four, so I finished a story, and it was Ophelia. I'm partway through the chapter threes. I kind of got sidetracked doing some of the side quests. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I've been working on, but I'm I just finished Therion's chapter three. I I really think the stories are well done. Yeah. Um. I haven't. I've done all or all of Ophelia's. I'm on chapter four of Therion, Primrose, and uh, Hanet. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Hanet's story might be the worst so far. Okay. And I. Th- not because it's bad, but it's because I think with all the other characters, like with Primrose, uh, Therion, Ophelia, there's a lot of a lot of changing and like twists and turns that happen uh-huh. in their stories. And I feel like with Hanit, it's just kind of been she's just kind of the same same sort of character from chapter one all the way, and so gotcha. far through three, in my opinion. And not that not that's a negative, but right. uh, I just think there's just if you had to pick a, the worst one, that would be it. Uh, that or trusts, uh, but trusts is does a little bit different because she's a light, more of a lighthearted story. Right. Whereas it seems like every other character kind of goes through some per- really personal struggles with trusts. She's just, I'm going to make money. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, that's, it, that's how I would be. That's, it, that's why she's one of my favorite characters. She, that's why she's my favorite character. So that, it's more of the tonal shift that like, I, maybe Hanit is the worst. Uh, I don't really want to deck or doc. Tressa's story because it's not very it's not dark you know what I mean yeah so I don't think that's very fair so I would say probably Hanit is the worst even though Hanit as a character is very useful right um but yeah I I really love the game it's I put 70 hours in it officially so that's probably I've lost probably 10 hours of gameplay time so I'm probably at 80 hours total I'm gonna I'm gonna hit 100 for this game and then I go to Hollow Knight, try Back to finish to that up. Yeah, I honestly feel bad. Hollow Knight's kind of fallen by the wayside because I want to do that. Dead Cells. I really want to do uh, God of War. Pick that back up. Are you gonna uh, play Monster Hunter before next week? If Corey's on and you both play it, probably not. 
to be honest. Well, don't you have it on PS4 or Xbox? Xbox, but to be honest, I thought my my window to play that game is when it first came out with friends. Uh, now I have nobody to play with, so just gotcha. kind of like that's one of those games that I want to play with somebody because the last time I played a Monster Hunter, well, it it is a little bit more streamlined now. It's just like I was so lost and confused, and I got bored really quickly. Okay. If I can round up friends to play with, I might play. But like I said, I really just want to get through the games that I really, really like first so mm-hmm. I can play more of the games that I really want. Because I want to do Dead Cells as well. Uh, we're not far off from Spider-Man, which I'm borrowing from somebody. And then Spyro Reignited fall. is going to be here soon. Fall, fall games are going to start hitting pretty yeah. soon here. Yeah, so it's just like I really want to get through through a lot of that stuff. I'm going to pick up Dragon Ball Z Fighters again. Uh, and play. I actually was playing that a little bit today, so I, you know, there's a lot of things that I want to play. So nice, and not a lot of time right now. Yeah, I hear so you. so that's Octopath. Uh, I played Mario Tennis. Uh, that's a lot of fun playing with a friend. I will say, I also played Mario Kart as well. It's really hard using the Joy-Con because even though my hands are fairly small, those controllers are pretty small when you yes, just use are. one. Um, so while I think it's the best controller when you have two Joy-Cons, it's very difficult when you have just one. Um, Half a Joy-Con, yeah. Yeah, I do know the GameCube adapter works for all of the Switch games, right? I think so. So I need to get my GameCube adapter back so I can use that for a multiplayer with friends, I think. Yeah. Because um, it's just like when you're doing Mario Kart and trying to drift and use items, it's, just really, it's really difficult with the, the small controller, so... Yeah, I agree. Um, I will say 200cc in Mario Kart Tan is so hard, <laughs> but I, I figured out a way to do it. You just have to break every now and again. Drive assist. Oh. I yeah, cheat. I could see that. Because what happens is I'll start going off the edge, and the game's just like, nope, and kind of pulls me back to the center, or directs me towards the center. Yeah, I actually, that's true. I actually three-starred a couple cups uh, playing some friends the other day because I was uh, I was able to... I had drive assist, and I didn't tell them I had that on. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was able to pull off some some victories with it. <laughs> Very nice. So that's a lot of fun. Tennis is a lot of fun, playing with friends, uh, because we tried the swing mode. I don't know if you've ever tried the swing mode. I did. I tried it once, yeah. Hard. I couldn't get the hang of it. I, it just didn't make sense to me. Nope, I know there's here. there's there's a way to do it and do it right, but I just I couldn't get the hang of it, so... Well, when I would, like, walk around, like, try to walk around and hit, like, it just wouldn't register right. And it would hit the ball, like, way out of bounds and stuff like that. Yeah. So, like, while it was fun, I was like, all right, let's do the normal play, like, the normal play mode. And that's that's really cool. Um, yeah. You being able to use the other character. Like, we, <laughs> we set it to where one racket breaks, you lose. So, like, if you got your special power up and broke their racket, they'd be done. They'd lose immediately. So a couple when I was getting it handed to, like, handed it to me, my friend mm. didn't know that was in the game. So what I did was, like, on a 6-1, he was one point from winning. I was able to use my power up and break his racket and win. So doing doing stuff like that is a lot of fun. The tricky characters are pretty... They're they're tough. Uh, Boo, yeah. Boo's, the curve on Boo's uh, hit is crazy. Yeah. See, I use Ros- Rosalina for the most part. She has a little bit of a curve, but it's not as wicked as Boo's curve. Yeah, and we were using Blooper, too, and Blooper's curve wasn't as wicked either. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of started to figure out what characters are good. Bowser Jr. is still broken, by the way. Oh, still? Oh, my God. There was nothing out of his range. Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, 
But I, I really enjoy the tricky characters the most, like Rosalina, Blooper, uh, Boo. I have a lot of fun with them. I also yeah. really liked uh, Yoshi. So okay, uh, yeah, that's why you have that game is for that. Yeah. you know, for that reason. That's that's why I got it because we, you know, we play it with the kids occasionally. So yeah, the game, uh, the content in the game, not too filled out, but uh, the actual the actual gameplay is really like one of the best tennis games they have. Yeah. So it's, it's a fun party game. Yep. Um, Spike's also another character I really liked, mm-hmm. but let's see. There's that. Not really going to talk about. And oh, I, yeah, I announced my uh, my return to NHL the past two. I think it was two weeks ago. So I've been playing my friends again. Um, I, I I had I don't know if I ever mentioned this, but I had retired from playing the game because of too much jank. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you mentioned that. And one of my friends got so good, like he could. He knew how to glitch the goalie out and score on rest shots from far out, and it infuriated me. Uh, so enough time had passed where he hadn't been playing so much. So I was like, all right, it's been a year. It's time for me to get back into it. You know, I'm going to get the new NHL game. Uh, so I've been playing. I've been holding my own. I've been winning more than I've been losing, which has been good. Um, so I've been doing that. Picked up Dragon Ball Fighters. Really nothing to mention there. Uh, mainly Octopath Traveler. Okay. Nice. So... That's my my gaming week for the most part. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I as I said, I also played played a, a bunch of Octopath Traveler. I, I still love that game. It's it's so good. Yeah. Um, but I played uh, Monster Hunter. Uh, Corey Corey ended up buying it. Actually, I was gonna buy it, but I I, I don't have the extra funds right now, so I couldn't. Uh, so he bought it, and I you know installed it through his family share. Um, it runs amazingly well on my computer, which is kind of dated at this point. It's you know I've got a seven year old processor, and even my my graphics card is is three or four years old now. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it ran surprisingly well. Uh, it's it, it, an awesome game. I had an awesome time with it. I'm not going to get into the details because we'll talk about that next week. Uh, my only complaint is that it do, it didn't. And I don't know if it's just my game or if it's in general. It didn't run ultra wide. It still had the black bars on the side, mm. uh, so it was only nineteen twenty by ten eighty instead of twenty five sixty by ten eighty. Uh, so that was a little bit frustrating because the HUD seems a little bit cluttered for my liking. Uh, and again, again, that's just because I'm mostly used to the ultra wide, where everything's like spaced out a little bit more, and where your character is on the middle of the screen is is more open than when a, than a normal nineteen twenty. <laughs> by 1080 picture so i think that's personal preference i i I never looked into it on how to get it working or if other people were having the same problem or if it's just not in the game yet Uh, i never never got that far but uh yeah i really did enjoy the game so far and i'm looking forward to hopefully getting a lot in before uh before next week's episode when when Corey comes on to talk about it so Mm -hmm. good stuff oh i forgot to mention we happy few oh yeah uh, I didn't play very much of it. What I like about the game is the storytelling is kind of cool, but the rest of the gameplay just doesn't do it for me. I don't yeah. know if it's I just have fatigue from the open world survival type of thing, but it's just like not very fun to play. Yeah, I I read a couple of reviews on it when we were thinking about 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 doing an episode on it and a lot of people said it it puts a lot of stuff in the game but it's almost like too much it's it's trying to do too much instead of focusing on the handful of things that make the game good 
You know? Yeah, if they did a linear survival, uh, a linear survival game, uh, more story focused, I think this game would do pretty well. It's just yeah. uh, they really ham fisted an open world into it, and like I don't find any of the side missions that interesting. Uh, the procedurally generated cities and stuff wasn't too into. Yeah, just. It sucks because this game is a classic example of, wow, this trailer is incredible. And then the really just like bad performance game wise, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It's kind of got No Man's Sky syndrome a little bit. Nah, I don't think it's that Fe- bad, though. Fe- feature creep. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this will be a game in two years from now where it'll be like now's the we happy few next and it's time to get in. Yeah. Um. So honestly, this is probably one of the games that I've been most disappointed with in the past wow. few few years, which sucks because I was really hyped to play this game, but not a fan right now. I'll I'll try to give it more of a shot, but but as of right now, nah, can't okay. recommend it. Huh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. I think it's time for feedback. Let's do it. Uh, call it up here. All right. So the first piece of feedback is from Tate, who says, Sup, athletes. So I've had hardly any time to play games, but when I have, I decided to dive back into Skyrim for the heck of it, even though I tried that a while back and took 10 steps with my guy and quit. So I decided to try something totally different and new to me that I've never done before. It has gotten me out of my gaming funk, actually, which is nice. I made a mage woman. I never made a mage, not a woman before as my character in a video game. So it was really new to me, and I love it. Didn't realize how fun being a mage is after you get some more powerful spells. And the being a woman part doesn't really make much of a difference, but it kind of does in a way for me. So I've been enjoying that. I also got back into my Stardew Valley character, and man, what a freaking game that is. So relaxing, but also makes you feel so productive at the same time. Love that game. I'm two items away from having the town center all unlocked and finished, so I'm looking forward to getting that done. Will, I listened back to the Dead Island argument. Uh, is episode 10. So go back and enjoy the circus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I will take Mirror's Edge as my game from last week. Thank you. Hope you all have a great week. Tay, I'm glad you found a way out of your gaming funk, man. Um, you know, I've had the Skyrim itch lately, to be honest. Kind of want to give Skyrim a go again. I'm not going to because I have so many other things I'm trying to play. Um, but I have had the itch. Because I didn't. I never played through a lot of the 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 extra content, the expansions and the DLC. I don't know that I might not have played, uh, played any of it. So, Oh, did you want to talk about that? Will? yeah, I was actually in the process of watching the video. Did you watch the whole video? By the way, I did. We, we covered it a little bit last week, but the, the stories I've actually progressed. Um, that, that's, um, uh, we're, that's stuff in the chat. So, uh, real quick, we'll talk about, uh, we'll get back to Tate's email in just a second. Uh, cause, Corey's and wants to talk about Philip uh, Mewson uh, from IGN. So I don't know if we had covered this when we talked about it last week, but uh, he posted an apology video on YouTube uh, kind of saying that it wasn't intentional and calling out uh, Kotaku. Uh, yeah, we'll make it Corey's. This is Corey's feedback. Uh, it, that his, his plagiarism wasn't intentional. Uh, and that Kotaku could go ahead and try to find more examples of it happening, which 
as of now, there's been a lot of examples of it happening, and a lot of it is not even changed a little bit. It's blatant ripoffs from other things. So, go ahead, go ahead, Will. I know you wanted to talk uh, about it. Oh, I just kind of saw the beginning of his video, and like I was immediately annoyed by the his intro where he goes like does a sigh, like he's so stressed, and then he just goes, you know, I'm if you're here, I'm sure you heard about the allegations to you know the plagiarism allegations it's like come on like it's stop acting like you didn't do it like it's very obvious and then for them to find more like come on a lot of people would kill to be a gaming journalist and here you are ripping off smaller review sites because you're too lazy he seems like a douche he yeah yeah he is i wonder if we can get him on here probably not not at this point (laughs) yeah you're right Maybe in a few I just years. Him a douche, yeah. <laughs> yeah, IGN actually went through and scrubbed all of his stuff from their website too, because some of the other stuff that he had done for IGN was, was like I said, was was blatantly plagiarized. I don't. I mean, I'm sure he had some original content, but yeah, most of it was 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 ripped off from other places. I still never listened to Kotaku split screen when they talked about why someone would do that, um, but I don't know. I still don't know. I don't know if his laziness. It seems like. It almost seems like he's not fully aware of what he's doing. Isn't it just, that what I don't even know. Probably, probably. But but the, the, there's some people that are so like into themselves that they don't realize it's it's that they're doing something wrong. Like I feel like it's it's a crazy narcissism that he's got going on there. Yeah, I could see that. I just like. As I said, so many people would kill to be a video game reviewer for IGN, and how do you just piss that away like that? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Like it's crazy. I do poor game reviews all the time. Uh, well, on, on I'm here, I, like whatever. I've, I've, always, do it. I, I've always said we we don't really do reviews per se. Most of our stuff is first impressions because we don't uh, we don't. Uh, um, because we don't often get to finish games before we talk about them here, so it's mostly early impression, early impressions. Yeah. Uh, Colin Moriarty's take. What? What? Uh, what was that, Corey? Um. Corey said uh, that was he, Colin Moriarty's take that he's a narcissist. Yeah. Narcissist. That. Yeah, I think that's what he what he said. Okay. I I remember Eric and Corey talking about it in the chat. I just didn't catch up with it until today. So. Gotcha. I'm a little, I was a little bit behind on all of that because this all happened earlier in the week, end of last week, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it was la- like last weekend and early, early this week. Yeah, the 11th so. is when this video was posted uh, of a guy breaking down his apology, his, apo- his sorry, not sorry apology. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, it's just it's it's very weird. All of it. Very, very weird. Yeah, there's no place for people like that. So no, I agree. All right. Uh, let me call up another video real quick. In the Corey said that he doesn't realize what he what he's doing is wrong. Yeah, it's it's. I could see that. It's uh, like I said, it's like a narcissism thing. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I'm glad they fired him and didn't try to. You know, try like to, try to backpedal or whatever. Backpedal or keep him like you know remove his reviews but keep him on staff. Like I'm glad they just had no nonsense and just got rid of him. Yeah, it seems like the right move because, as I said, he seems like a, a a tool. One last thing, I remember seeing on Reddit that the last two people that 
had his position at IGN actually ended up working for Nintendo. I can't remember the two people that did it because I'm not familiar with IGN stuff that much because I never go there. But the two people who had his like Nintendo uh, position uh, of IGN ended up going to work for Nintendo. So he kind of before him. Uh, before him, yeah, the two people before oh, him. Oh, his... yeah. Eric talked about them because he listened to Nintendo Voice Chat, right? It was oh. the people who people really liked the guy that was before him, uh, uh, whose name I can't recall. I wonder if, if I can. If you, yeah, do do a search. See if you can find it. Corey might know. I can't. I can't for the I... life of me think of his name. I feel like one of their names starts with an O. Yeah, Oscar. Uh... That sounds that I was gonna say Oscar, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, uh, keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, back to Tate's email. Um, yeah, I, I at one point rocked a mage character in Skyrim, and it was a blast. It's really hard at the beginning. That's like expert mode for Skyrim, uh, because you suck as a as a new mage uh, in in Skyrim. Uh, so yeah, but it's all worth it once you get get all those powerful spells and stuff. Jose Orte- Ort- Ortega. Not or- Jose yeah. Ortega. Jose Jose Ortega, and then I can't remember the other person. But yeah. it, it was another person who ended up moving on to work for Nintendo. Oh, really? Yeah. No, so. I think I think he was really well loved. Ortega. Yep. Um, he, everyone liked him a lot. I guess he was a math teacher too for a bit. At, oh, really? At like a high school or something. So. Nice. Yeah, Jose Ortega was definitely one of them. Thanks, Corey. Okay. Yes, I appreciate that, Corey. Um, yeah. So back into Stardew Valley. That's also a great game. Yeah. I always, I always fear to slide back into Stardew Valley and start playing that instead of other things. While he's here, Corey, Dragon Bay Farm. Come on. Yeah. The, uh, oh yeah, the multiplayer updates out for PC now. Yeah, we were supposed to do that a while back. I heard as a thumb, another thumbstick athlete series. Yeah, we. <laughs> we really dropped the ball on uh because we were going to stream it too i remember we had it all set up and we haven't done it since so. i'm free at night any night after like should... nine at nine o'clock oh sunday nights are taken because me and val do rookie camp oh i forgot to mention we did firewatch for i saw that camp it was it was fun fun times maybe want to maybe want to play it again play through the whole thing Uh, but anyway, uh, Dead Island argument is episode 10, and he'll take Mirror's Edge for his game. So I will send that to you after this episode's over, definitely. Uh, next is from Idaho Jake, who says, Hey guys, sitting here at Fort Leonard Wood, waiting for my son's graduation to start. We spent yesterday bowling and chilling. Next, he gets shipped to Oklahoma for AITs. Then he might come home for some leave time before he goes to whatever base he will be calling home. Now for Idaho Jake's This Day in Gaming History, Tic Tac Pet came out for the Commodore Pet CBM. 1982, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was released on the Intellivision. 1993, Tiny Toons Adventure came out on the NES. Corey had that, right? Tiny Toons? Was that the one where you play as Buster Rabbit and you do the football thing? Yes, I think that's it. Because I'm familiar with that game. Okay. Um, and then 2016 Conan Exiles came to Xbox's game preview. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. So that's awesome, Jake. Yeah. Uh, he sent this, I think it was this morning, so 
probably the graduation is is over at this point. I've never seen one of those, and I do want to see one at some point. Someone graduating from from basic into the into the service. Yeah, one of my friends just went through it. I want to say two weeks ago, a week ago. I don't remember. Uh, and she's actually also going to AIT. So, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, tell him we said congrats, Jake. Yeah, we're glad he's chosen to serve our country. More manly than the rest of us. Yeah, well, I was way too much of a pansy to do something like that. And I'm sure my kids will all be too much of a pansies to do something like that. I pout when I have to go to my cushy job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cushy in a way. I complain about it a lot, there's, but I get, there, a, I get away with so much. Yeah, and there's there's no, no danger other than maybe slipping on a wet floor. <laughs> yeah. But there's the mental... mental toll it takes on you it can cause mental illness that place that is true yep uh okay so that was feedback let's do our game giveaway uh where's my two people two people tate is one jake is two i could include Corey, but i know you won't let me well if Corey wants a game he could just go get it from his own game library so the winner is one one, so that's Tate. Uh, Tate wins again. Tate and Jake might have won the most. Uh, let's go back here. Did I put? Okay. I'm calling up the game game winners list. Was it one fifty? Uh, Corey said he's good most weekdays. Is that for Stardew Valley, Corey? Yes. We should try to do it one of these nights together. Yeah, that's fine. I'm I'm up for it. I'd love to do that. Get Dragon Bay Farm going. Maybe I'll beat the game that way. Again. Okay. Go ahead and roll. Numero one is 38. 38. 38 is... Tumblestone. Not familiar with that one. Sounds like a winner. Yeah. One one one. One eleven. One eleven is jazz punk. That's a good one. Yeah, familiar with that. Number six. Six. Uh wow. All the way at the top. The banner saga. Just in time to start uh before the third one comes out, right? Or is it out? The third third one's out. It's been out for a couple weeks now. Oh. What's up, DT Strike? How you doing tonight? Uh, next. We're doing our game giveaway. Yep. Next is 143. 143. This has you going up and down. Greed Corp. No, I don't know that one at all. <laughs> Last but not least, 27. 27. I'm going to look up Greed Corp. 27 is Medal of Honor. That's the bad one from EA. So, ye be warned, Tate. Okay, so Tate, your choices for the game giveaway are 38, which is Tumblestone, 111, which is Jazz Punk, 6, which is The Banner Saga, 143, which is Greed Corp, and 27, which is Medal of Honor. So... So 
I want to say uh, on Steam, Greed Corp has an 88% like. Um, it's a turn-based strategy game. Looks pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. Um, and Tay, I will send you when we finish up this episode. I will send you Mirror's Edge. That is on Origin. So, yeah, that's that's the that's the rub there. Oh no, it may, maybe it's Steam. I don't know. I'll look. I'll let you know ahead of time. Oh, just had a notification. Oh, oh Shadow Fox is now following. Thanks for following Shadow Fox. 13, yeah, thank 20. you. Um, unfortunately, we're just about to finish our episode for this week, but uh, yeah. Therion, Hannah, and Ophelia. Oh okay. my god, that's basically that's basically my team. That was your team? Yeah, I had Primrose instead of Cyrus as the fourth, but... Er, he said he's about to pick up Cyrus. Cyrus has a really, really valuable uh, battle skill that I won't yeah. I won't talk about until you get him, but yeah. yeah. When you don't have it, it's it's hard, it's hard not to have him on your team. Yeah, even if you have one of his skills that you can teach other characters, it's still not quite the same. Yeah, so definitely. I will I will leave you with that. Uh, with that being said, we are going to be covering not Monster Hunter World next week. Corey will be on for that. At least I hope he is. Uh, he had planned on being on for it. I'm going to play as much as I can over the next week. I've probably put four or five hours into it now. One thing I will say that Corey Corey mentioned in our group chat was that uh, he's glad he played some of the other Monster Hunter games uh, because it gave him context for what he's doing. He didn't have to figure all that stuff out so far. Uh, And I agree totally with that. Uh, I'm glad I'm not a super veteran, but I played quite a bit of uh, Monster Hunter 4 and Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. I played a decent amount of so. Uh, that definitely helped with with picking things up for this game. It's it's not as much thrown at you all at once, so that's good. Uh, and yeah, that's everything. That'll do it for episode three sixty nine of the Thumbsick Athletes podcast. I'm your host Dan. I'm Will. Thanks for listening, and get out of my basement.